Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Ashley. I'm your host, Ashley, and as I'm talking right now, I'm pretending and trying to distract myself from sneezing very obnoxiously loud and spraying germs all over my keyboard and screen. Uh, meanwhile, while I try to continue to distract myself, Adrian, introduce yourself. Adrian, hey, hey, Adrian. Yes, Adrian. yes, I'm here. I'm, I'm trying not to sneeze either because I really don't want to get SARS or anything all over my keyboard. It's a very expensive piece of equipment I have and a microphone as well. So I can mute and sneeze and, and just bring it back. So it's perfectly fine. How are you today? I'm besides sneezing. See, the, okay, we're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing this whole that you can mute yourself at any time. We're not doing that. It has to be authentic, authentic. I don't mute. I don't mute myself when I stutter, when I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. Cause most of the time I'm just rambling, and whatever pops in my brain comes out. So you, the the mute button's gotta stop. No mute during recording. I figured the last thing our listeners want to hear is me sneezing or coughing or, God forbid, breaking wind. Let the people hear what they want to hear. Maybe if you start sneezing and coughing and making some bodily function noises, we might get more listeners. Have you ever considered that? No, you haven't because you're being selfish. I do it because I hate myself. I learned it from you, Mom. I learned it from you. How's your day been? you learned something. <laughs> How's your day been so far? Uh, it was okay. Three day, came back from a three-day weekend to work, and it was, well, it was busy for the tellers, but for me it wasn't that busy. But other than that, Relatively okay, uh, besides the story of my older dog I told you about before recording, and my older dog likes to be an asshole in his old age because he knows he can get away with a lot of shit, literally. So, yeah, how was your day? My day was fine. Another uh, difficult day at work. I'm sweating my took us off, getting a whole lot done. Now I'm home after a long shower, sitting here talking to you via the microphone and having a grand old time, thinking of entertaining, of entertaining things to uh, woo our guests with and, you know, the people out there to listen to our show, to hear us ramble on about just nothing important. And a nice little brief hello to our friends in the UK. It's a brand new month, looking at our stats, and so the people in, Luke, in the UK have been tuning in. So hello to you guys. Oh, so you're saying UK, but you're not doing a shout out for all these other countries that listen too. Well, I mean, the stats, the stats go month by month. So oh. this month now, it kind of reset itself. Now, granted, the people in all the other countries are listening to us, of course, but the, you know, the first couple of downloads of the month have been from people from the UK. So they get love immediately. Yeah, what's up, people? And, and, you know, to really think about it, I mean, we have UK listeners. What do they like about us? I mean, what, what, I mean, what would they download to really find us entertaining? Stupid. The same thing that why the rest of the world still t barely tolerates us Americans. Because we are funny to listen to. Because we don't know what the fuck we're doing all the time. And it's just pure chaos happening over here. And that's, what the, that's the only reason why all the other countries have not banded together. It's like, we just need to wipe them off the map and start over because they're a mess. We're, we are the dysfunctional child of the world that... And the world is the parent that just still believes we can make it, even though they drink to ignore that they really know that, that we won't make it. Good point. But, now see, I think, I think we are actually causing world peace. Now hear me out. Because they download our show and listen to our show and they find us utterly hilarious, sometimes idiotic, 
I think it entertains them, you know, versus making them hate us. We make them laugh. So in saying that, we keep America alive for just for just a few more weeks at least. I mean, no, we, no, no, no. I'm not about world peace. If that is what this podcast is about, I am quitting. This is my resignation as of right now. I am not a pro- about peace. I don't want peace. I want problems always. Well, I mean, I like peace. It's myself and, and Castle Walker. I don't want anybody disrupting that, coming into my home, you know, yelling any kind of, you know, threats to, to America. No, I'm perfectly fine. They like us. So let's keep this trend going at least for a little while longer. Nobody, nobody likes us, Adrian. Nobody does. I'm pretty sure the people that are in the UK and other countries that just heard you say that, they're probably shaking their heads like nobody likes you guys. I think they do like us. I mean, we like them. They like us because we have Disney. Um, and, oh, goes very popular. And the Card. no, I don't even like the Kardashians. Do other people like the Kardashians? I guess some people do. But we have Disney. We have Disney World. I mean, and Disneyland. I mean, we have Disney, we have Harry Potter, we have porn, stuff like that. I mean, most UK porn is pretty boring. I mean, you can't have Harry Potter. They they literally have, they, they're literally stomping grounds over there for Harry Potter. We have a small little Harry Potter world that Universal did, but they have all the OG shit over there with them. Well, I mean, but we're so narcissistic. I mean, we can Americanize anything and make it 50 times better. So this is why they like us so much, in my humble opinion, of course. I just say agree to disagree because I'm, I'm on the side of the UK people here. It's like, really not that great. Well, I mean, I'm on there. from my country, I was born here, and I'm watching it go down the toilet because, let's face it, our country is so messed up, and my base theory as to why that is, no politics, no religion, no nothing. If you just look at the history, we are built on a giant Native American burial ground, and that's why we're so fucked up. We're being haunted by ancestral spirits that are just fucking with us all the time. And I... And I will die on this hill, and you cannot change my mind about it. Well, I mean, considering the fact that, you know, I'm a black guy, and in horror movies, a black guy dies first, I'm totally screwed. But on the flip side of that, seeing as how I was brought here, you know, to do your bidding, the evil white man's bidding, I think I can get a free pass. I mean, I truly think I get a pass. So very soon, I'm moving to England, you know, in the UK to get away from you white people. Guys are scary. See, there's no way I can really comment on that because I am white and no matter how I respond to that, I just don't feel like it's going to come out right. <laughs> so, slide into the next spiel here. Yep. Uh, yeah, so weather, clouds, <laughs> am I right? Get to pull that racist card. Ha ha ha. Yes. Score a wonderful level. Score a wonderful level. I can pull the man. sexual harassment card. But I'm way over here. People don't know that. Well, it's kind of... A given because we're in a microphone. Yeah, and we could be recording in the same building. Only because Listen, next time we next time we hang out and you so much as even bump into me, I'm gonna overreact. I'm gonna look dead in the eyes of the nearest person. I'm like, did you see what he just did? And my retort is gonna be, hey, she's borrowing my loofah, and that will just you know take care of that instantly because people will either get grossed out, turned on, most likely grossed out. But yes. So I will be fine. No charges will be levied against me. Take that. I don't know for that was saying I'm willing to sell the loofah for fifty bucks. I get half. I mean, come on, get it. I mean, hey, the, the house gets fifty percent at least. Seventy thirty. Maybe we'll do more negotiating. See, this is why other countries love us because we're goofy. We provide entertainment. This is what we do. 
Now, granted, last episode we talked about so many, so much bizarre things. I'm not going to rehash anything, but this is what makes the root of all Ashley entertaining. I'm never going to touch that. Not, not even. I, you know, it, no. Matter of fact, I am going to touch that. That sounds weird. But I have never done a helicopter. I've never seen. I, I don't want to see anybody do it. I've never seen anybody do that, or even made mention to it. I think that's a made-up thing. I really, really. Can I don't show you the Skyrim uh, spoof video of the helicopter. Thank God, no. You've never shown me that. Oh, you're going to see it tonight after we finish recording. But once again, I mean, I really can't explain it to the audience. You're going to show me some weird, wacky thing that we're going to tell people to look up and we're going to mentally scar them because you, you, like, you're really good at that. Listen, you're going to watch this and after you watch it, you're going to exactly know how to explain sex to your son. He's 18. I think he has a pretty good grasp on it. At least just Ooh, the basics. Actually, did you have the sex talk with him? Like what age did you have the talk with him? When he was like 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, he, he knows oh, all the right things to do. I'm a father. It's my job to have that uncomfortable I, I, I talk. I just didn't know you would tell a kid that. I mean, no judgment. I just always thought, you know, 12, 13, 14, but like 10, 11. I mean, I understand because like the way the world is, is nowadays, but my goodness, how did that talk go? Was it the birds and the bees? Was it the storks? Was it when a mommy and a daddy get drunk enough and... You know, they, they're wearing their beer goggles. That's how you were made. Like, what, how did it go? I use a Lego schematic. I took two Legos, I pieced them together, and I mean, that pretty much explained it all. No, no, we sat down and had a conversation, and it was very, you know, honest and frank, and, and he understood, you know, what things were and how protection works and how, you know, and what to look for, what things to do, what things not to do. And, you know, our home, our Castle Walker is an open door. So we have com conversations about anything and everything because, you know, we're father and son. You have to make sure the lines of communication is always open. So there is, there isn't a such thing as taboo in our home. We can we can talk about anything. So, there is something so appalling and disgusting. I was told once that okay, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to start this. You do realize we play shows like Pick the Porn and we talk about no, testicles no, 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 and no. stuff it's, of that nature. I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how I'm going to start wording this um, because I am still to this day flabbergasted and disgusted by it because just the thought of someone ever trying this with me makes me want to throat punch somebody so bad. Okay, so pretty much this guy I worked with years ago when uh, I worked at SeaWorld and he told me, he's like, oh, my dad always taught me this, that... You know, instead of asking a girl if she's ever been tested, if she's clean and all that stuff. And he had the southern voice and everything. And he says, well, you don't have to waste the money on going to them doctors and getting tested. All you have to do before you going down on the lady, uh, you just stick your finger in your ear, get a little earwax, and you touch it to the woman's lady parts. And if she, like, flinches or gasps of pain, that means she's spicy down there and she got them diseases. And all I can think is, who the fuck, who the fuck thought, let me stick my finger in my ear, get some good old earwax, and then touch a woman's vajayjay with it to discover if she's clean or not. Like, what? I was like looking at him, I was like, are you fucking serious right now? And he's like, well, that's what I was taught. So that's how I check. I was like, that's how you use, you actually do, dude, it was a heated, it's like, you actually do that, you put your, 
finger covered in earwax on a woman's vagina? And I was just like, that's so fucking disgusting. He was like, well, that's how I know without asking them and being rude. I was like, you're worrying about being rude? You're shoving earwax in them. And he's like, well, that, that's how I don't have to ask them. And I was like, wear a fucking condom. That. Until you're serious enough to be like, hey, are you clean? And he's like, well, how do you know you're not? Because I know I'm fucking not. I see doctors regularly, and no one's shoving earwax off my fucking hoo-ha. Oh, that still, that conversation still makes me heated to this day because it's so disgusting. I can honestly say, to look up now, see, if, if people can see our facial expressions, I, I wish they can see it. No, I have never in my wildest dreams have heard of anything of that sort. I guess I was pretty fortunate enough to understand what uh, STDs are and how to check for them and stuff of that nature. No, no, I'm not going to ever do the earwax test. I wouldn't want to. No, and, disgusting. Now, now, granted, I would do that for a joke, which she'd probably break up with me afterwards, but I'd probably do that as a joke just to be funny. But no, no, I never heard of anything like that. If I ever hear from anyone that you have relations with and tell me that you did the earwax thing, I'm going to come to your house or I'm going to come to your job and I will throat punch you. I would do it for comedic purposes only. But that was the only, I've never heard of anything like that. And once again, I'll go back to the, I'm very fortunate enough to have an open door policy you know, with, you know, with, my, with my little one about stuff like that. Because please, um, I was a one parent household when I was growing up and we never had that talk. Never had it, nothing of the sort. It was a, you figure it out. This is what you got, you figure it out. That dangling thing between your legs, you figure it out. So yeah, it was trying to, you know, quite the tremendous trial and error, you know, throughout the years. I'll just leave it at that. I learned about sex because of Austin Powers. I kid you not, that's how I learned about sex, was Austin Powers. My parents never had the talk with me. My mom tried to have the talk with me after I already started having sex, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is great. Um, and it was really not that great of a talk. So, but because my parents didn't really pay attention to what I was watching when I was younger. So I'm a kid under the age of 10, watching Adult Swim, watching South Park, watching all of these shows that a child should not be watching. No, I was watching all of it. I mean, this kind of explains, you know, there's a lot of things that can explain how my mind is the way it is, but that's just, that's like a pie slice. When, you know, when opening that up. Yeah, that's a big can of worms right there. That uh, therapy will just unleash itself when you're in your 30s. So, yeah, that, that definitely explains a lot. Truly explains a lot. Well, on top of that, so just two other examples uh, among the miles of things that's wrong with me. One is I got bit in my head by a dog when I was little. Um... I, and they never even took me to the hospital to get me checked or get stitches. They're like, it's okay. We're just going to keep a damp towel on her to help the bleeding stop. And because everyone was drinking and they're like, she's going to be fine. So yeah, I never went to see a doctor after a dog bit me in my head. Um, another thing is while my mom was pregnant with me, she would go to work with my dad. And he worked out, he would drive a semi out in these fields to get cut grass and take to construction sites to plant the grass where the houses are being made, buildings and whatnot. So when grass gets cut, that leaves these small strips of grass that's left behind. And so when you're driving over, it's very bumpy. 
So my mom would be in the truck with my dad while she's pregnant with me, so I'm shaking around all in there. And my mom was still smoking pot when she was pregnant with me. So I was literally a shake and bake baby. <laughs> wow, I get, wow. I mean, that truly explains a lot. That really, that, really explains a lot. That's only a, those are only just a few examples I've listed. <laughs> that happened before the age of five. I can. I would love to be in a fly on the wall when you finally go to therapy. I would just love just to sit there and just listen. Not say a word. I, I feel like uh, you're not the only person that I think that will want to be there. But at the same time, I don't think anyone wants to see if I ever were to succumb and going to a therapist one day. No one's going to ever come back from hearing the things I have to say. I think your therapist is going to retire. I mean, they're going to get it all out and they're going to retire, if not probably commit suicide. But no, I, I think you'll be fine. I mean, you have a whole yeah. lot of things in there that need to be uh, just kind of emptied out. Um, I think your filter needs to be changed. So yeah, that's, that's just what I think. No, it's fine. Oh, fine. Oh, I, I, <laughs> first day's denial. Absolutely. Listen, I'm thriving now. Look at me. Look at me. Who would have thought? You, Not me. You are a beacon of stability. Absolutely. You know, see. I really am. I mean, it's actually very exhausting to be the most mature person that I know. If only other people could just be like me, the world will definitely be a different place. After mentioning helicopter tricks. Yes, you are, you're definitely truly centered. Um, See, how can we truly just jeté and dance away from that particular topic? Um, and okay, once again, you're not supposed to ask a young lady her age, but I'm going to ask you, how old are you again? I'll be 29 in November. Oh, God, you young kids and your fancy iPods. Now, so do you think when you're 35, for example, just hypothetically 35, we'll just get that nice little number. Where do you see yourself being? I mean, emotionally, where do you see yourself being? Idea. I have zero idea. When you when I get asked those type of questions, it's really the I have zero idea. The only thing that I can slightly believe is I would be with my husband and we'll probably be in his country at this point. But other than that, I have no idea. I have no idea how I even made it this far in life because I've had a very very patchy kind of history and the fact is that I'm here and where I'm at with my life if someone had told me this 10 years ago i would have just fallen over and died from laughing so hard and it just so i have no idea when i'm 35 i, I really don't know there's nothing like oh i like to believe that i've traveled to five of the things on my bucket list or this is where i'm at in my career or uh i would have gotten gone to a therapist and i would be mentally stable no i just I don't think of things like that, and I can't, I literally can't picture it. It just, I, the only thing I think about is like, I hope I'm still living a happy life with my husband, and I'm at wherever he is. That's it. I think you will be, and I think we'll still be doing podcasts, you know, just you'll be in another country. And then we have, we have you know, we have a whole new audience, you know, you know, over, over in a different country, so that'll be amazing. Awesome marketing on your end. So speaking of recording uh, for the future stuff, because I realized that you didn't do this last year for my birthday. So this year for my birthday, my birthday's the 19th, it's gonna be on the weekend. Um, that, the weekend of my birthday, I plan on being out of town. 
uh, but I am thinking the weekend before my birthday, because the weekend after my birthday is like Thanksgiving stuff, so I'm thinking the weekend before my actual birthday, throwing another party at my house, and you know, so I feel like next month I'll start letting people know, and um, and so I have more things to plan for shenanigans and whatnot. I want you to bring the, your mic and everything, and I just want us to like, or you to live stream the chaos that is the party. And people can just randomly come up. I'm like, you can always edit it however you want to make it to one um, clusterfuck of an episode, but you can just pull random people aside and just ask them the most random question. You do realize it's probably going to be in like three or four parts. Because, you know, the, the party is going to last for quite a while. So we're going to have multiple episodes in part one of like six or something of the sort. And absolutely. Uh, and we will name it the Clusterfuckery Show. And that'll be great. Yes. Yes. It's going to be the new podcast. And it's going to be a little mini series called Clusterfuck. <laughs> now, the fun part is, you know, getting the actual people in front of a microphone. I mean, do you really think some of your clan will uh want to come over and talk and share intimate secrets or just whatever drunken uh rant they oh, want yeah. to do oh yeah but you can't be like oh what is your ideal path to enlightenment how do you you think you can't be asking questions like that not for the clusterfuck you gotta ask the most outworldly kind of questions like if you take out your socks and put them in a glass and fill it up with milk if I give you $20, would you drink it? Type of questions. That's disturbing in itself. <laughs> Literally, you just gotta ask the most weirdest questions because you have a house full of people drinking and then they get asked questions like that. You can only imagine what kind of answers you'll get. Well, I know once we get Jeffrey in front of a microphone or or, or, um, or Veronica in front of a microphone, that's definitely gonna be entertaining. So I'm, I'm all for that. Jeffrey's gonna be very philosophical. Of course. And he, um, I just, I look forward to it. I actually need to tell Jeffrey too because he always takes off for my birthday every year. I had to tell him, hey, you had to do it weekend prior because the actual weekend I will not be in town. So I do actually have to say that to him. Him and I communicate by memes every day. Uh, the last time we had a conversation, I think it's like a week, two weeks ago. Well, we, get... we still talk every day. Well, I mean, you're going to have to promise me, um, you know, once you do move out of country, that we have to continue this. And also, we have to get Jeffrey back on and actually have him, uh, you know, speak words instead of, you know, laughing and giggling like a little schoolgirl. Right now, my little ones right now is getting ice right now. So this is going to be on the show. So just bear with us one one particular moment it here. It sounds like someone's getting ice. It sounds like someone's like breaking through into your home. We call that black rage. You know, like don't 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 judge us. No, I've seen something like that in the Boondocks. Really, black rage? It's a common thing. It's okay. We we, we like yeah, doing that occasionally. The Boondocks. Yes, I have the comic books, and I, yes, and I have I have all the DVDs. Okay, because <laughs> I actually rewatched that show not too long ago. I actually was surprised. I think the la it was the last season that was... I didn't expect it to go as far as it did, but apparently the show kept going longer than I thought it had because it was kind of more progressive, but, like, obviously it was very lackluster. 
And then there was talks about them redoing the show, and I forgot his name, but I know exactly who he is. He's the one that um, played the the granddad in the yes. Boondocks. Mm -hmm. That actor, he passed away. And when he passed away, among with other things I guess were going on in the background, but they decided to um, not move forward to rebooting the Boondocks. Yeah, so the last season that they did, um, it was not written by the original writer, um, Aaron something something. So they had another writer do it. So that's why it wasn't the same as the, as the other couple of, uh, of series. So it was, it was more subdued. It was just a whole different kind of feel to it. Now, the Boondocks, for those of you who do not know, um, it is a very progressive cartoon that they made into an actual animation. Um, yeah, it's more of a faux kind of black power, making fun of stereotypes kind of show. Highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max now, and it's also on YouTube. Very, very funny show. The first three seasons were done by the original writer of the comic book. The fourth season, he didn't want to do it anymore, so they brought in somebody else to do it, and it wasn't the same. Yeah, that makes sense, because, yeah, it started going down a little hill as I was rewatching it. It's like, mm. But, yeah, I, I like that show. I remember watching it when I was younger, too. So, I liked it. And and I love it when people get that mixed up with the Boondock Saints. Like, no, no, no. no. They're two very different things. <laughs> and, of course, I've never seen the Boondock Saints. I guess people will consider it a cult classic in a way, not not really a cult classic, but just kind of like one of those classic films where, oh man, you should have just seen it, where I don't feel it's that good, but I, I watched it years ago, it's alright, but it's not something that's like, if I don't watch it again in my life, I'm not really missing it. Mm. So it's, if you come across it, sure, give it a watch, if not, you know, it's okay. That's something I might have to watch, you know, one, one of these uh, sought-after days off that I got. Now, you do realize we haven't really talked about anything important on this whole show. This is so great what? about this show. This, this is why I love oh, it so much. We've been talking about nothing but important things. Well, we talked about movies. talked about cartoons. talked about sex talk or growing up and whatnot. And actually, when you, when you have children, because I figure you will, it's going to happen. No, shut up. No. Right. When you have your child, are you yeah. going to have no. that talk? Say if. Say if. No, when? So are you going to have that talk? I will, I will end this podcast, sir. <laughs> if you have a offspring, will you be open and have that conversation? Which conversation? The, the sex, sex yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, if anything... Um, I think my husband will probably not want me to give him the sex talk because I'll be a little too open about it. Um, because obviously him and I have different ideals. Uh, he's very cultural from where he's from. He's born and raised in, from Jordan. And he's not closed-minded, but, you know, it goes back to shouldn't have sex until you're married, especially when it comes to his own children, despite the fact that him and I were getting it on before we got married. Um... You know, if we were to have children, they would be raised Muslim, which I'm fine with. That's not even an argument because I'm not religious at all. My my only condition is they're raised with an open mind. You know, they they study science, they believe in science, they can believe in God and and practice and worship how they please. But I want them to be open minded to science and other things that go on. I don't want them to be like, no, it's a sin, and I I just I'm not down with that. 
and because for me when i have children or if i have children i'm sorry it's freudian slip uh-huh shut up so as any parent i would think is hey if you never have sex i will be a-okay with that don't procreate but if they did for me just like long as you're safe you're aware of what you should and shouldn't do obviously the no like what no means um this is both to the male and female gender or any gender you know you just know what boundaries are don't turn into a psycho over dick or jj or whatever you're into so i think i would be a little bit too honest in those type of conversations but i don't know i say that now but when it's your actual child is probably i can imagine it'd be a very different um because i kind of had those talks with my nephews and one of my nieces and it's different because i'm the aunt where i'm both a negative and positive influence or neutral it all depends on what the subject is now so it's 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 complicated but i really don't want to procreate i know <laughs> you and i've had this conversation before yes but i really don't like the idea of sharing my dna in increasing what is my family's horrible DNA amongst this world any further. And I've gotten so used to that I really don't have any family. So, and I grew up being very lonely, still am very lonely during the holidays. I don't want, if, if we were to have children, I know that they would have my husband's family and they would be very loved and they would have that. But when it comes to my side of the family, it's gonna be very empty and cold. And so I guess in a way they'll have half of family, but for me, I grew up not having anything, not from my mom or my dad's side. I'm not close with anybody. So when there's the holidays come around, I don't have anyone sending me a message saying, hey, do you want to come over or come up and visit for Thanksgiving and Christmas? I don't get those. Um, Labor Day weekend, <clears throat> my husband's visiting with his family in his country. Uh, my brother canceled on me. I literally stayed at home by myself the full weekend. And I've just kind of gotten used to like, this is my life, this is how it's been. And it's going to be like this, like one day I'm gonna die and I'll be easily forgotten. And that's so fine with me. And where children come in, it gets more difficult. And those are connections. And it's just, I wouldn't know how to be with that. Among with a whole bunch of other reasons why I would not like to produce offspring. Well, I mean, I know we touched upon this before, but I mean, always made the common joke that I can barely adjust myself, more or less another human being, you know, and then all of a sudden after some really deep hugging, um, nine months later, there, there's a kid and I'm like, wow, okay, here we go. And uh, yeah, uh, surprisingly, it's been a bed of roses for 18 years and hopefully he'll go off to college and say, I like to accept this Pulitzer Prize on behalf of blah, 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 or... My other dream is he's going to stand up and go, would you like fries with that? I'm kind of hoping for the latter, but I think I've done a pretty fairly decent job of, you know, like, you know raising an offspring considering how much of a train wreck I am. And uh, yeah, I'm a schmuck, but, but it's good though. I mean, I, I have a feeling that if you ever chose to go that route, you know, you will be a fine parent. So I, I have no worry about it. No. I, I, I know from me, dog. Enough for me. But I have switching the conversation. Switching the conversation. <laughs> switching it. Uh -huh. Fun fact. Did you know that the US government was considering creating a gay bomb 
back in 1994. Yes, absolutely. Heard about that. Yeah, I actually, because I want to start a new segment when we switch the show over and start fresh. Uh, well, I'll talk to you more about that afterwards, but I was just kind of looking up some weird things before we started recording, and this is something I heard about briefly a while back, and I was like, let me actually look into that, and sure enough, I'm reading on Google that, yeah, they were the gay bomb and halitosis bomb are formal names for two non-lethal uh, psychochemical weapons that a United States Air Force research laboratory speculated about producing. The theories involved discharging sex pheromones over enemy forces in order to make them sexually attracted to each other. In 1994, the Wright Laboratory in Ohio, a predecessor to today's United States Air Force Research Laboratory, produced a three-page proposal on a variety of possible non-lethal chemical weapons, which was later obtained by the Sunshine Prof projects through a Freedom of Information Act request. So I just, but you would think that this is, I didn't realize how recent this was, because when I first heard about the U.S. military doing something called the gay bomb, or considering that, I was thinking this back World War II era, um, or Vietnam, I'm thinking this is back like 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s even. I'm, I'm just not even considering. And when I pulled up the Wikipedia page and it says 94, like this is, like I was like a year old when this was being brought up and talked about. So it's just, it's... Um, Different? Yeah. It's, uh, it's very sad that not even 30 years ago that this was a conversation. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious, just for the weird part of me, a gay bomb. I mean, okay, the gay bomb goes off, and then what? Do you just start humping the same sex just out of the blue, just randomly? Or does it need yeah, time, does it need time to take effect? Yeah. Is they would be too busy having sex with each other to be killing each other. I mean, I mean would you have standards at least? Or would you just turn to the next woman you saw and just said sorry and just have at it. Listen, man, if you're horny enough, you have the adrenaline, you just want to get it on, just get it on. Because where else would be the perfect place besides a bar, but a battlefield to get it on because how likely would it be that you would meet these same people ever again? That's true. I mean, but you can walk down the street and see somebody you'll never see again. Exactly. So, I mean, well, if it's going to be on a battlefield, it's just one big massive orgy. Whereas, you just pull someone random on the street, that's, um, that's a whole other issue. A very legal and very wrong issue. I mean, the actual gay bomb does sound pretty entertaining. I mean, it, it'd just be fun to watch from, a, from afar, see how that works. I mean, granted, you wouldn't be that horny just to shag, just to shag somebody and ignore something on the battlefield. That, that's just my opinion. It'll be everyone on the battlefield. It'll just be the gay bomb, and it's just going to affect everybody. Or I'm assuming, like, the enemy. Like, I wouldn't think that they're going to drop it right in the middle of a battlefield where both sides are going to get affected. I would think it'd be the other side. They toss the gay bomb over, they start, you know, kissing and loving up on each other, listening to Madonna and, and Cher, and then, you know, 
the other side goes, here we go. Yeah, I mean, the war will be over. I mean, really no casualties. I mean, unless people are that, you know, evil to slaughter a whole bunch of people making out. It's really... No wonder people were saying all the time that love could really end the war. That's a really good spin on it. Some Marvin Gaye, and they'll end that war with love. I think more of a Lady Gaga. I'm thinking, you know, thinking more about yeah, that. Yeah, but Lady Gaga wasn't making music in the '90s. Yeah, good point. I mean, you know, I mean, some Marvin Gaye, some Timmy T, you know, so something like that. Just some, you know, like you know, random love music, which I can't stand. But whole another story once again. Yeah, so it's like, I can feel now, baby, <laughs> trying to hold back these feelings for sure. Oh, my God. you're Yeah, don't quit your day job. Oh, so speaking of love tunes, see, we're going to just keep keep it flowing. You know, I mean, we're going to just go with the river. What are your top three favorite romance songs? Top three favorite romance songs? Because I know you're a loving and caring person, so. Um, Fields of Gold by Sting actually one of my all-time favorites um in your eyes peter gabriel it's a song i've always liked because of my eyes being pretty unique and then on top of that that song played on one of our first dates um with my husband and a third one it's gonna it's gonna sound slightly basic but not incredibly which would be all of me by john legend because my husband proposed to me uh, with that song so like i would say those are my top three romantic type of songs that i like to listen to okay i really can't hate on it too much because all of me as much as i don't like that song yes it gives you some sort of feeling so fine you know that's definitely passable okay so <laughs> not a big fan of his for whatever reason um so three you've never even heard of uh mazzy star fade into you that's one of them I can listen to that religiously. And let me see here. Uh, Bizarre Love Triangle, remade by Frente, which you've never even heard of. And... Uh-oh, your, 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 your microphone went out for a second. What was that? Oh, no, I said, uh-huh. And the third one, hmm, Wild Horses um, by The Sundays. I, I can only imagine how romantic Wild Horses is. Well, not the actual lovemaking part, but no, actually, the song is pretty decent. I'll put it in the links below. People who never heard of it, trust me, YouTube it. It's tremendous. These three songs are actually very relaxing, very calm, very romantic songs. You'd be surprised. I'm a very romantic kind of guy. It may not seem like it, but I am. Damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Great response. <laughs> Great I response. Know. I had a thought. <laughs> so, because as you're explaining that, and you're talking about, you know, what you're going to put in the links and and whatnot for, for people to listen to it on YouTube. I'm still kind of browsing through the Wikipedia page about the gay bomb. Wow. Now, see, and, I'm very surprised you haven't gone to Urban Dictionary yet. No, I actually considered it, but then I got caught in the wormhole of Wikipedia. So. Because you know, if it's on Wikipedia, it's got to be true. Uh, it really is. If it's on Wikipedia, it's true. <laughs> So, so here's a question. So here's a question for you, and then this, this, see, this got me in trouble. But I have to ask your opinion because you are a married woman. Mm-hmm. What three things that your husband gave you, you know, that made him attracted to you? 
Now, I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about mental, emotional things. What are the three things that he offered you, you know, that that made you fall in love with him? I would say the first, I wouldn't say it's exactly the first thing, but the first thing that comes to my mind is how attentive he was with me. If we were in the car or sitting somewhere and he got a phone call, he's on the phone, he would have his arm wrapped around me and he's like playing with my hair or doing something where he's still paying attention to me while he's on a phone call with somebody. Um, so I just, I don't know, that's something that stood out to me. Uh, it was him making sure I was eating because back when we were dating or first started dating and even prior before I even got to know him, I was hardly eating. I didn't have money to eat and that's where I was the skinniest of my life. I was actually pretty good looking back then. And, but I wasn't really eating. I was in a very tough, tough time back then. And when we started dating, uh, I don't know how, but he eventually was seeing and noticing that I didn't really eat and how I didn't have food at my house and things such as that. So he, every time he came to see me, he would was bringing pizza or He's like, we're going to go eat something right now. I'm not hungry. I don't care. We're going. It would be if he, whenever he met my coworkers, he says, make sure she's eating. Like, she needs to eat something when she's at work. And if not, you know, this is my Facebook. Let me know. And so it's, it was frustrating. But at the same time, it's like, you know, to me, it showed that he cared about me. And sorry, my dog just did a really obnoxious yawn um <laughs> and then the third thing i guess it was just how he just wanted to treat me well because before him i was around shitty guys that just did shitty things and i paid for a lot of stuff and by all means i'm all for equality like both parties can pay also but i was majorly paying for everything and I was also dating jerks where I was just being used and whatnot without realizing until it's too late. But he was treating me nice. He would want to take me out places. And he actually would get upset when I would pull out my wallet to pay for something. And he's like, no. He actually got mad one time where we were leaving. Oh, uh, we went to this small little event, a karaoke thing that my friends were doing. And we only ordered like two drinks. Like he got like a soda, I got like a, a tea or something. And we're leaving, so I just put some cash on the table just to pay for the drinks plus tip. And I did before he had a chance to do anything. And when we were driving back, he was so irritated. He's like, I did not want you to pay for that. I want to take care of you. So it's it's not the whole gender roles and who should do what. It's It was the fact that he was showing that he cared, that he wanted to do stuff for me. And I was never, ever treated like that my entire life so it was just really nice and it that's what caused you know feelings to happen hmm, i gotcha it's interesting i'm just curious to see how you know um dear ashley majestic has fallen in love i was just kind of curious because something i always wanted to know and plus this is good you know it's good podcasting for the audience to latch on to you so no pressure you know if you want ashley's heart there you go be nice to her make sure she eats send pizza our way not to her, just, just to do both of us. Uh, no pizza for me. Oh my god, I've been eating. I've been overeating for the last two weeks because my husband's been out of country. And so I had one of my friends stay a week with me. 
and when her and I are hanging out together, we just eat so much, and I've been doing so good with my diet and going to the gym, and for like the last two weeks, I've been feeling like a fat pig, <laughs> and even now, my stomach's just like, why? <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, when, when it comes to fat, it's all relative. I digress. So, before we uh, go on to our next thing, because this is going to be a really special one, do you have anything for us at the moment? At the moment? No, I don't have anything at the moment because we made our announcement last episode. This isn't our last episode. We have one more we're doing, right? Or is this our last episode of The Root of All Ashley? This is actually the last episode. Oh, I thought we were going to do one more. Okay, well... This is the last episode of Rudolph, actually. <laughs> well, well, actually, we could do. Actually, we could do one more. Let me interrupt. We could do one more. No, I'm, I'm okay with with this. Like, I mean, are we still getting everything worked out before we're ready to launch out of context? Or of course, yeah, we're still getting all we're getting all the we're getting all, like the little bugs worked out. You know, I think the uh, you know, I, but I think the new show itself is going to be pretty entertaining. You know, we're gonna have all our ducks in a row. We're gonna know what we're doing, and uh, yeah, it's gonna go off without a hitch. Okay, so I feel like, um, because while we're recording this, this isn't going to be for another week, and so it gives us more time, so I feel like, yeah, this not be the final episode, but the next show could be the final episode, so that way it gives us time to start planning how we're going to sort out our contract, where it's still going to be a shit show and full of chaos, but, you know, we'll, we'll just, you know, shoot some ideas around, and still plan things in the background and let people discover the next horrible mess it's gonna be it's gonna be the younger sibling born and the root of all ashley's gonna be retired because the root of all ashley's just sick of this shit <laughs> you are tapping out already it's perfectly fine because ashley does not like being said that it's my show it's a we show not a me show so i'm very much happy that we're going in a direction where it's taking my name out of the title so I no longer have to listen to Adrian saying, it's your show. Like, no, 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 it's ours. It's ours. Not, not me. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Fine, fine, fine. Now, so, but, oh, go ahead, as you were saying. No, no, no. I was going to ask you, like, so do you have anything? No, not at the moment. I mean, we're going to do the basic plugs, of course. We can always follow us on, you know, WalkerAC76 at... Uh, podbean.com of course all the links down below blah 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 but that's not what i'm getting to i'm getting to are you ready to play the game ashley are you truly ready yes that's what i was hoping for yes let's play the game <laughs> now for those of you who are keeping score we are now in another round of the canceling inducing you know eye rolling you know piggish game ever picked up horn with your lovely host walker ac so this week we're going to do a nice little three round edition of Pick the Porn. Now the first time you did it, I mean you were pretty good at it I and mean, you missed a few. So, let me, so let's see what we can do this week. Now are you ready for three rounds? Well, bring it on. Alright, now for those of you who are playing at home, you're playing the home game, we're going to give you three titles and you have to choose which one is not the porn. Don't worry people, it's just a game. We have not seen any of these porns in our rooms or anything of the sort. So. We are going for round one. In Diana Jones and the Temple of Poon, Buffy, the Vampire Lair, or Dude, Where's My Cunt? I, oh man. 
Karen. All three of those sound very fake, but porn be having crazy names. Um, I want to say the first one's fake. Indiana Jones and a Temple of Poon. Is that your final answer? No. Um, the last one. Dude, where's my cunt? You are correct. That is the fake title. Now, what, I mean, like, we'll give you that idea that's a fake one. So at first, I thought you said Diana Jones and the Temple of Poon, and that's where I was like, wait, what? So, um, (laughs) so I didn't really fully hear you saying uh, Indiana Jones, so that's what threw me off. I'm like, no, because it's Indiana Jones, Temple of Poon. So, again, that's where I initially thought, but then when you reset it, I was like, no. So, I'm thinking, dude, where's my cunt? I love (laughs) Dude, Where's My Car? I love that movie. Uh, I love the and then kind of part. But I just can't imagine how someone could turn that movie into a porno. I mean, obviously you can make scenes, but the movie's theme itself, I just don't see it. See, you're always thinking. See, perfect. So, round two. Double the points here. Glad he ate her. Horror White and a Seven Cox. Pulp Friction. Which one is the fake porn title? What's the third one? Pulp Friction. And what's the first one? Glad he ate her. Glad he ate her. Pulp Friction. And the one with this... Hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. Five seconds on the clock. Yeah. I want to go with the second one. Horror White and the Seven Cocks? Yeah. You are correct. That is a fake yeah. porn title. Oh, yeah. Damn it. That's good. So we'll give you that idea that that was a fake one. I, I really don't know. I was really leaning against the, the first one being fake, but I, I really just took a wild guess there. <laughs> All right. And the third and final round. Okay, this is entertaining, so buckle in, folks. Lawrence of Labia, interview oh, with an enema, Lord of the G Strings. Which one is the fake porn title? The first one. Lawrence of Labia. Yes. You are incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> Do you, would you like to try again? It's the third round, so I'm trying. I'm I'm curious to see which one, which other one you think is a fake one. What? Give me the other two names again. Interview with an enema, Lord of the G Strings. Interview with an enema. That is the fake one. Uh, that was initially my gut feeling too, but I was like, no. We had a second and a third one that were wrong, so he didn't pick a first one, so I would think the third one would be the first one that's wrong. So, <laughs> fortunately, my hypothesis turned out to be false. All right, and of course, let's go for just a little quick little bonus round here. We're gonna give you three more titles, and you tell us which one is the fake one. Now, keep in mind, folks, these are some pretty gross ones. Number one, dude, Where's my... No, no. Oh, I get that one before, so I'm not going to get that one. Yeah. Teabagger tea Vance. Tukey Raider. And Brazier to Eternity. 
Which one is a fake one? I really want the second one to be a fake one because that's horrible. <laughs> you are incorrect. Oh, that's so disappointing. It's a trick question. They are all actual porn titles. Okay, well, that's fucked up. Yes, and so you can find... So I was set up for failure regardless. <laughs> you can find some of these odd porn titles by uh, Googling the top 100 worst porn titles. This game was rigged. The bonus <laughs> round was just rigged against me because it's guessing the fake one, and they were all... I am going to contact my lawyer. Well, some of the porn titles are pretty bad. Um, uh, you know, uh, well, I mean, a little-known fact... I used to work for Fair Villa when they were a two-story building in Cape Canaveral. And they had they had movies, magazines, clothes, all the fun things you can name. And yes, I looked at all the porn titles because I found that hilarious while getting paid for it. I mean, what would you be doing? Well, I mean, they did... No, thanks. Well, they did inventory. I mean, you have to stock the shelves with, uh, with wonderful uh, toys and everything. I mean, sure. Yes, and I and I did meet a couple of porn stars too. I mean, it was it was definitely it was definitely entertaining. You should have like gotten contact with one of those porn stars to give the sex talk to your son. I'm well. This is before I had him. Thank God. So yes, <laughs> not even gonna bother well, with that one. Kept, you could have kept relations. You could have been like, hey, I'm that one guy that you met that one time at that one place. Can you give my son the sex talk? Yeah, they would call security in, in a heartbeat. I met Jenna Jane. Know, man. People are like down for it. Honestly, if some random person came up to me and was like, hey, my son's sitting right over here. Could you give him the sex talk? I'd be like, fuck yeah, I will. Well, that's you. <laughs> it wouldn't really fly with his mother at the time. I met Jenna Jameson, and she was a very nice person, humongous wrestling fan, so we got along well talking about wrestling. I just love how I had zero filter around children. I did a group event with my coworkers a couple weeks ago, and one of my coworkers brought her daughter because unfortunately she couldn't find anyone to just uh, watch her at that that day. And this, her daughter's probably, I think I want to say like eight, nine, no, somewhere between eight and ten. I forget the exact age. And I told her, I was like, listen, you're bringing me your child, and I will be present. And she's like, yes. I was like, I will not have a filter, that because the fact that you're bringing your child near me, that is your own fault. I am not coming to you. This she's like, is... no, she's heard, she's heard her own thing. So it, I was like, all right. I said, because out, out of work, Ashley, is a different Ashley. Because what, Ashley, you guys are used to seeing here at work is like rated G. That I'm a whole other person outside of this building. And for the most part, they're aware of my personality and my chaotic mind and whatnot. But obviously, you know, uh, I pump the brakes at work to an extent. And... So sure enough, we go out and like the filter truly is non-existent, and she just looks at me and she's like, "Are, are you serious? Are you kidding me right now?" And I was like, "I warned you, warned you. <laughs> Your child's gonna learn things today." One of the many reasons why you've never met my son. So yeah, definitely gonna keep it that way. So uh, as we, <laughs> as this, as the show comes to a close, but no, you. I'm sorry, you were gonna say. Nothing. Uh, one day, actually, no. I met your son before he came to racetrack at one time. Well, I mean, I mean, it was a fairly quick visit. I mean, he really didn't have the uh, the full Ashley experience. See, he's eighteen now, so it wouldn't be creepy if I stalk him on social media. I'm like, 
what's that? I know your dad. And be creepy like that. That, that would be kind of creepy. Very creepy. Please don't do that. Uh, listen, it's either that or I can continue the whole, hello, Vaughn. How are you? Before we end the show, where can they find you? <laughs> well, Vaughn can certainly find me anywhere. Just whenever she calls for me, I'll be there. But everyone else can find me on Instagram at Majestic Nerd Lady. Uh, you will not find me on other platforms. I do not have a Twitter. Um, and anything else is private for close friends and family. So just the Instagrams. But again, if Vaughn's ever interested, just let me know. You are so disturbing. And of course, this has been the root of all Ashley. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. Once again, we can't end the show like that. Begrudgingly, oh. I have to turn it over to you so you can have the final word. I, I was about to say, you didn't let me do my closing thing here. I was, I was going to get upset. I was going to be having some words with you. But, you know, uh, what do you call a zombie who writes music? Didn't you say that already? I don't know if I did or not. Do you know the answer to it? No, no, I don't know the answer. Okay, well... It, it's a decomposer. That's horrible. That okay. Good night. Everybody. Good night. <laughs>